Blog Talk Radio. for today, Sunday, October 11th. Thank you guys for tuning in. Tonight, it's all about beauty news, but just want to remind everyone, if you have a comment or question, you can give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, it's 914-803-4399. Now, I'm going to jump to a very quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back with the beauty news. How would you like to become friends with benefits? I'm sure that got your attention. I'm talking about FriendsBeauty.com, now offering a benefits discount program to all of our friends. That's right. Professionals that qualify can save up to 40% and non-professional consumers up to 10% just for setting up a free account online. At FriendsBeauty, we offer a huge range of products, including beauty makeup, special FX and theatrical makeup, skincare, wigs and extensions, styling tools, and more with thousands of brands at the best prices. We've been in business since 1940 and pride ourselves on ensuring our friends have the best shopping experience ever. Sign up for our Friends Discount Program and shop with us today at Friends, that's F-R-E-N-D-S, no I, beauty.com, friendsbeauty.com. We also offer studio services for production orders at 818 691 1294. That's 818-691-1294. Join our program and become a friend with benefits today. All right. We are back. And again, you are listening to Beauty Talk. I am going to turn it over to Denise. And she'll start off our beauty news with us. Good evening, everyone. And thank you guys for uh, joining us tonight. Just very quickly, want to let you all know. Um, Just for tonight's show, we will be hanging out uh, on Twitter again tonight. Uh, So you can uh, check us out over on Twitter. I'll just be kind of tweeting a little bit about what we're talking about tonight, beauty news as well as um, our topic of discussion for tonight. So we are beauty underscore talk on Twitter, beauty underscore talk, and we'll be using the hashtag beauty talk. So it's beauty underscore talk is the handle on Twitter, and we'll be using the hashtag beauty talk. So who's ready for a little powder group industry intensive? So the powder group industry intensive series has changed uh, what was expected from in-person pro makeup artist events by shifting to full-day multi-artist programs focused on uh, one area of the industry. 
Now that the world of virtual programming grows to, to encompass more and more of their educational, inspirational, and connection-focused programs, they're proud to launch the next iteration of that series, the Powder Group Industry Intensive Online. These completely digital, all live programs will span two days each, will span two days each and offer 12 sessions each, uh, featuring panel discussions, artist demonstrations, and interview format sessions. Um, next up in their 2020 series is their industry-intensive stage and screen. Again, that's stage and screen on Saturday, October 24th, and Sunday, October 25th. Um, this session will feature 21 of the top artists in film, television, and theatrical makeup artistry, and they can't wait for you to experience this one-of-a-kind event. Participation is open to all beauty industry professionals. Um, the Powder Group Pro members will receive preferred rate of $190 uh, for the two-day session. Uh, PBA members who participate, they can uh, join in at $290. And then non-members, $390. And then, of course, members of, of uh, the union, Local 798 and 706, will receive complimentary uh, participation. So registered participants may watch the live broadcast on October, October 24th and 25th. And then there's a rewatch of the program at any time for two weeks following the live broadcast. So once you uh, watch it live on October 24th and 25th, then you will be able to watch it for an additional two weeks uh, for free, basically. Um, this series is produced and hosted by the Powder Group founder, Michael DeVellis, and is the first of its kind program brought, brought to you by the Powder Group. So you don't want to miss it. You can register for the Powder Group Industry Intensive Stage and Screen by going to thepowdergroup.com. Again, that's thepowdergroup.com. And you should see, once you get to the website, you should see on their banner uh, the Industry Intensive Stage and Screen. You can't miss it. Um, again, October 24th and 25th. I'll let you know some of the presenters. Um, I will be on a panel um, on that Saturday, October 24th. Um, and the panel that I am on is uh, running the show, a department head discussion with uh, Soretta Bell, Kimberly Jones, Nicoletta Scarlatta, Denise Tennell, me, and Burton LeBlanc. So I will be on that panel on, um, on Saturday the 24th. Okay, some of the other uh, presenter sessions will be um, getting down to business with Marietta Carter-Narcy. Okay, you have the process of design with Nikki Letterman. Um, Designing Ships Creek, Candace Ornstein and Lucky Bromhead. Of Men and Makeup, uh, Jessica Williams. A career, a career in Makeup, uh, Joe Deleuze. Art of the Team, Sherry Lawrence and Nikki Patterson, Adam. Creating the Character, uh, Amy Forsythe. A Focus on Stage and Burlesque, uh, Sarah Semino. Um, Designing Hedwigs, Mike Potter. Um, a Career in Makeup, Aaron Kruger-McKesh. Um, again, I, I stated running this show. That's the uh, panel that I'm on. And then Our Industry Today with Julie Sokash, Rose Chatterton, and Daniela Milton, and Mandy Martin. And in that one, um, they'll be talking about, um, you know, film and television. Uh, they'll be giving you 
expert insight to like how important this area of work is. Um, pretty much, I'm sure they'll focus a little bit on the union as well, because those are uh, some of the presidents of the unions are in, in that uh, particular panel. Um, they'll talk about uh, safety protocol for going back to work, um, diversity in our industry, basically what the union can do for you, um, agency representation, and how to make the most of a career in TV and film. Okay, and so for um, the schedule for both of the days, Saturday, October 24th at 11 a.m. is Marietta Carter and R.C. getting down to business. 12.15, you have um, Designing Ships Creek with Candace Ornstein. Uh, Mike Potter's Designing Hedwig, 1.30. Amy Forsyth at 3 uh, p.m. Creating the Character. And then Running the Show panel is at 4.15. And Joe Delude is at 5.30 p.m. And then on Sunday, starting again at 11 a.m., is Sarah Semino of Focus on Stage and Burlesque. At uh, 12.15 is Sherry Lawrence and Nikki Patterson, The Art of the Team. At 1.30, Jessica Williams of Men and Makeup. Um, 3 p.m., Nikki Letterman, The Process of Design. 4.15, um, Our Industry Today with Julie Sokash, Rose Chatterton, Daniela Milton, and Mandy Martin. And then at 5.30 p.m., and Aaron Kruger McKesh, a career in makeup. So these um, programs and presenters may be subject to change, but as of now, that's what it is. And again, I'll go over the rates with you guys again. If you are a Powder Group member, uh, to, to register now, you register um, with $50, but the total cost of, um, of this program is $190. And for union members, it's totally free, so you can register for free. For PVA members, $290, and non-union members, $390 for the two days. Again, you can go to the website, thepowdergroup.com, to register. And if you have any questions about the program or the registration, if you need help with the registration, you can email kenya at thepowdergroup.com. Again, that's kenya at thepowdergroup.com. All right, and I don't recall um, if you said or not, but is that on the Zoom platform? Um, I'm assuming it's Zoom. Everything that I've so far that they've done online has been on Zoom. So, yes, Zoom uh, online Zoom sessions. Okay, gotcha. I had to look back at the website. Yeah, online Zoom sessions. So once you register, <laughs> you'll you'll get information on you know how to access uh, the live program. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I just wanted to do a quick um, PBA, Professional Beauty Association, check-in. Um, just have a couple of dates that I want people to be mindful of. Um, March 13th through 15th of 2021 is the ISSE Expo. That's the International Salon and Spa Expo in Long Beach. Again, that's March 13th through 15th. And joining them this year is the um, the Naha Award Show. That will be during that expo in March. It normally takes place during a totally different time of year in a different place. I think it's normally in um, Vegas, I believe. I think it's normally in Vegas, but it's a different time of year altogether. But in 2021, it's going to be combined with ISSE. Okay, and the NAHA is the North American Hairstyling Awards. And just want people to be mindful, if those of you who are out there who are going to apply to participate, um, 
entry into this award uh, <clears throat> closes November 18th. Okay, so if you want to participate, you have to register before or by November 18th, rather. Okay, again, entry closes November 18th of this year, and the actual award ceremony will take place March 13th at ISSE. So please be mindful of that. <clears throat> November 18th, again, is when it closes. Okay, and then also some interesting things happening. First, um, of course, there's two webinars that PBA is offering but they're being offered tomorrow. So if you're listening and you want to participate, make sure you go out there tonight and register. Um, first up is the Financial Fitness for Salon and Spa Owners. That's tomorrow, um, Monday, October 12th, and it's 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's Financial Fitness for Salon and Spa Owners. And then the second one is Financial Fitness for for a business of one, and that's at 4 p.m., and that's 1 p.m. Um, Pacific time. So, again, tomorrow, PBA is offering two webinars back-to-back. Um, tomorrow, October 12th, at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's Financial Fitness for Salon and Spa Owners, and um, at 4 p.m., it's Financial Fitness for a business, a business of one. And then they have this new um, accreditation, which sounds very interesting. Uh, it's the GBAC STAR accreditation. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about it. But, um, again, for anything that I mentioned tonight, if you need to know more information or to register, you can go to probeauty.org. That's probeauty.org. But the GBAC STAR accreditation, it's, the, um, it's, something, it's a new partnership with PBA with PBA and the Global Bio-Risk Advisory Council, um, which is a division of ISSA, the Worldwide Cleaning Industry Association. Uh, this particular partnership was created to specifically deal with pandemics with absolute effectiveness and integrity and ensure the highest degree of safety for you, the salon owner, your staff, and your clients. Um, and it's pretty much... Uh, something that's being offered to members of the PBA as well as non-members. But PBA members, you save 20%, okay? And I'm not really sure about what it costs um, or anything like that. Again, you can go to probeauty.org to find out that information. But PBA members do save 20% on this. And just something really quickly, um, this partnership um, – Again, the ISSA is the, is the Worldwide Cleaning Industry Association. So, um, and it was created specifically to deal with, again, what we're dealing with right now, this pandemic, um, and just making sure that salons are up to par as far as cleaning, sanitation, and the whole nine. And um, you're, you can get your particular facility accredited. So I think that's kind of going forward, it's going to be a big deal in the salon community, um, you know, for clients to know that their particular salon has this accreditation um, with the worldwide cleaning industry, to me, that makes me feel a little safe going into the salon. Um, so, again, for those of you who are salon owners, 
definitely want to check that out. It's a, again, it's a new partnership with PBA, the Pro Beauty um, Association, and um, GBAC, which is the Global Bio-Risk Advisory Council. Again, probeauty.org for more information. I wanted to talk a little bit tonight before we go into our, excuse me, before we go into our um, topic for the week, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the the last series that we just we just finished up. Actually, um, I got definition of beauty on my mind, so let me just make a quick announcement about that. Um, for those of you who are interested in participating in the Definition of Beauty campaign, we would like for you guys to send us an email at beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com. I'm looking for people who are willing to lend us their voices. We just want to know, want to know what your definition of beauty is in 30 words or less um, as far as giving us a sound bite, It has to be at least... 60, 60 seconds or less, um, just a, uh, I'm trying to think of the, what do you call the format? Um, I'm going blank MP3. here. MP3. Yes, MP3. Thank you. Um, it has to be in, in an MP3 format, 60 seconds or less, for us to be able to play that little sound bite here on this show. But if you would like for us to um, <clears throat> show your responses, on um, our IG page, it needs to be 30 words or less, and we need a picture of you, a photo of you, preferably a headshot-style photo of you, um, and we can put that out there um, as well. Okay, but now I just wanted to talk about the Black Creatives Experience, a conversation on race, racism, and diversity in the beauty and entertainment industry. Just kind of wanted to do a brief roundup of what of what we talked about, who we had on the show as a guest. We had several people on the show um, from Marietta Carter-Narcisse, Nicoletta Starlatas, um, Anita Gibson, Morel Hollis, Sag Mack. We had um, Marzina Dennis. We had Jennifer Ivey. We had Tim Buchanan and A.J. Crimson, and I'm going blank on a couple of names, but who else did we have on the show? Um, oh, Cassandra. We had, oh, uh-huh. Cassandra. Tiaka and Cassandra. I can't remember Cassandra's last name. Um, Butcher. Say that again? Cassandra Butcher. Cassandra Butcher, yes. We had Cassandra Butcher, Tiaka Hurst. Um, oh, my God. Okay, and then last <laughs> yes, we had some of the well, funniest cameramen. <laughs> so we just tried to come from different parts of the entertainment industry. Um, so, of course, we had quite a few beauty representatives. Um we had Afton. Um, we had Afton. Ba- oh, gosh, I'm so terrible with names. Um, but Afton is from the Black Theater Coalition. She was on with us when we did. We talked about the theater. So we talked about theater. We talked about film and television. 
We had cameramen on sharing their experiences. We had two entertainment publicists on sharing their experiences. Um, and so basically, to wrap this to wrap this thing up, I would just pretty much say that um, this is an ongoing conversation, an ongoing issue. Um, it's not going anywhere anytime soon, but the one thing we have to do is be very open and transparent in our conversations, um, and we also have to be willing to listen to each other. Um, like my sister always said pretty much before each show, you know, she would thank the guests for being willing to have very difficult conversations. And so it is a difficult conversation, but I think it gets better the more we, we have these conversations and the more that we're willing to be open, willing to listen on both sides, you know, that we're willing to listen on both sides, but then we're also willing to make change on both sides. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, in film and television, I still think, still think we have a ways to go. I really do. I still think we have a ways to go. Um, but, you know, hopefully in time we'll get there. Um, it was just interesting to hear the stories. For most of us, we can make the assumption that pretty much all over the industry, you know, people, black people were having difficult times. But it was still interesting to hear the stories from the various, from the various artists that came on to talk about their experiences. And to be honest with you, you know, even though we can make that assumption, you still really don't know how hard it is for other people in other sides of the business. Um, you know, some of the things that the, that the, the ladies that were the publicists shared, I was just really couldn't believe some of this. I mean, I could believe it, but it was hard to believe that some of these things actually, um, actually happened and, and it was so difficult for them. And I honestly think when it comes to, when it comes to film and TV when it comes to how projects are marketed, you know, it's a lot that fall on the publicist. And so if they don't have the support from the studios, if they don't have the support, you know, it's really hard to, to get these projects out or even to get people of color as talent on some of these, um, on some of these productions. So, it was really interesting to hear. Um, again, I think we have a long way to go. Uh, Cassandra, I believe it was, mentioned that, you know, she's not waiting for her white counterparts to to do anything. Um, she's basically getting out there and trying to do things on her own and trying to make things happen and trying to start some things so that other black publicists will have an opportunity um, to get the work. Um, Cassandra has a big position at a um, at a studio, so I'm hoping that she can definitely um, enforce some change in 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 that regard. And then we also I forgot to mention that we had Camille Friend on the phone with us as well. Uh, we had Camille Friend on the line, um, and she was kind of speaking about she was coming from the union perspective, um, and she she is. She also is in a great position um, to help to help pull some other people up as well. So um, I think it was a great series. Let us know what you guys thought about it. You can send us an email, of course, or just um, post on social media. But I do 
Um, encourage you all to go out. If you missed any of the episodes, go out, take a listen, share it with um, share it, you know with your friends or what have you, and um, <clears throat> hopefully you all will be inspired to to do whatever you can to help make some change as well. And I mentioned the definition of beauty, but I failed to mention that our guest next week is actress Jasmine Lewis, and she's going to be on the line with us. Um, she's going to kind of kick off our our definition of beauty um, online campaign, but she's she's here to talk talk about her definition of beauty. She was a guest on our show years ago. I mean, years ago. We're coming up on twelve years, and um, this December we're coming up on twelve years. And uh, oh my God, I can't even tell you how long ago it was when Jasmine was on the show. But she was on the show and um, a long time ago, and one of the things that she mentioned, and she actually mentioned some of the things that we discussed during our um, the Black Creative Experience. She talked about having her makeup done, and maybe we'll maybe we'll bring that up as well to have her just to kind of share that experience uh, with us. But she talked about um, having her makeup done and then leaving the trailer and going to her own trailer and redoing it because the person didn't know, but she herself never said anything to the artist. Um, You know, and I don't know if, you know, back then some artists just didn't want to say anything. They don't want to start trouble or whatever the situation may be, but we'll ask her and find out, but we'll have her share that experience. Um, But she also shared when we asked her about her definition of beauty she shared um, something very interesting um, to me. I don't remember it all, so that's why I definitely want her back. But she started to talk about um, her and her sisters, and it was very interesting. And um, typically when we ask the question, people just, you know, give a short, quick answer, and and that's pretty much all we're looking for anyway. But she sparked um, a great conversation that I have for years have wanted to get her back on the show to talk about. So we are bringing her back. I don't know how many years later, but we're bringing her back to um, share what her definition of beauty is and then kind of just, you know, because um, for some people it's it's more than one word. For some people it's more than, you know, appearance and that type of thing. So, um, it's really it's deeper, it's deep, you know, deeply rooted for some people, and that's what we kind of what we want to get to the bottom of. Um, <laughs> I would love to get more more men out there uh, chiming in on what their definition of beauty is. Um, so we'll see if we can work on that. But last week it was hilarious. <laughs> they all kind of said, "You took my answer. You took my answer. You took my answer." Um, but we'll see. We'll see if we can get some men chiming in on this. It would be a. It would probably be a lot of fun. But <laughs> so before yeah, we jump into, yeah, before before we jump into the topic of the night, did you have anything you wanted to say about the definition of beauty? Um, I'm sorry, not the definition of beauty, but our Black Creatives Experience um, series. Well, the one thing I noticed, um, especially in the beginning um, of the series, at the first. The first few um, episodes, I felt like I felt like people were holding back. I felt mm-hmm. like um, 
people like they wanted to be honest and they were being honest, but they were still holding some things back. And I don't know if it was out of fear of, you know, I don't know. I'm not even sure what, what the fear was because, um, I mean, I think now, now it's just the time. Now it's the time to, to speak up, to speak out and make a difference. And it's like, mm-hmm. who's going to test you? You know, who, who's going to, who's going to uh, blame you for speaking out now? Like I dare somebody to blame you for speaking out. I dare somebody, <laughs> right. to, you know, to blame you for speaking your truth and, and wanting things to be better. So I just felt like there, there were certain shows where I felt like people could have given more, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and just not held back. But I love the series. It was a great series. Um, uh, I just w- I wished, you know, it's interesting to hear people say that um, that they've never experienced racism. I find that to be mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, and and if they say they haven't, then they haven't. But I just find that to be very interesting. It just make it it makes me wonder, like, um, I don't know, like, how did they grow up? Like who who's surrounding them in their in their careers in their particular industries? You know, like like who are you who are you dealing with on a day to day basis? Because I find it to be very interesting when people say, well, when a black person says that they've never experienced racism. Well, you know what? And some of that may very well come from um, some of that may very well come from the fact that if you are a black artist and you predominantly work on shows with black cast. Um, black cast, black uh, producers. Yeah, you may. Well, that, was, that may be. Yeah, well, that was my thing. Like, who who are they surrounded by? Mhm. Yeah, you that know? may be your reality. Absolutely. Yeah, it's you know it's interesting, um, and then some of them may very well not recognize uh, racism, and you know sometimes I think some people think racism is this thing that's so in your face, you know what I mean, where they may not even recognize subtle forms of racism. So that could very well be right. um, the situation as well. But you just, you never know. Um, but I, I feel like, though, from all of our guests on the show, though, I feel like I've kind of heard so many different perspectives, you know. You you know, you had white, I mean, you had black artists say, they never uh, they never experienced racism. You had one say they experienced it all the time. Um, um, you know, it, you just you had various you had various um, experiences. So that was kind of good because some things you know I think sometimes some people expect all the black guests on the show to have that same experience, and it wasn't necessarily right. um, the case. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, it wasn't necessarily the case. So, but I think that was, um, I thought it was, like I said, again, I thought it was a great, a great series. And you know what? Somebody brought up the the thought that um, they think people were not used to a forum where they could express their experiences. So with that being yeah. said, you know, I mean, like, you know, amongst yourselves, you may say one thing or to yourself, you're thinking one thing, but 
when you have the opportunity to express it, you know, you may not get out everything that you would have, you know, you were saying when you weren't there. So, you know, so that is understandable. That's understandable, especially when you're in a conversation and so many other perspectives, you know, have come up or questions being asked that you may not even ever thought of or considered. Um, so that's that's very true. Very, very true. All in all, like I said, it's an ongoing conversation. It definitely is. Um, and I, I just felt like it was something that we had to do on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like, you know, it, it was something that we needed to be very vocal about. Um, and because we had the platform to do it, I, I thought it was definitely needed. Um, you know, I would have loved to have seen certain other people support it, um, or, or even if they did listen, make, you know, made it known that they listened, um, you know, um, I don't know. Sometimes I, I've, I think about, because that's one of the, one question, you know, and I'm not going to answer this question tonight on this show, but it's just something that I recently asked myself because it, I, it has come up before. It's like, what do you want your white counterparts to do? You know, and from the very beginning, one of the things I wanted them to do is listen, you know, and hear what we have to say. Um, but it's like now going forward, what do you want them to do? And, you know, you know, some people make the point that the window of opportunity is closing. I, I just, here's the thing. People can say that all they want, but what what opportunity are you talking about? Like, because if, if this is something I want to speak on, I'll speak on it. Because whether the window of opportunity is wide open or whether it's closing, no one can stop you from speaking about it. Because if the window of opportunity is open and someone and we speak about it, if you don't do anything about it, it doesn't matter whether the window is open or not. If you're not going to do anything, you're not going to do anything. Period. All right. So you know what I mean. So I just um, I just wish people wouldn't black people. I wish black artists in this business wouldn't look at it that way. Like, oh, if everybody stops has stopped talking about it, you know, people have stopped talking about it. Okay, so what? What are you going to do about it? That's that's the thing. You know, what are, what are we going to do about it as black artists? And then, you know, how are we going to how are we going to reach out to our counterparts and say, "Hey, this is what you should be doing or this is what you should be considering." So, I mean, that's a whole nother that's another topic all in itself, but um you know, I I just don't believe that. I don't I don't listen to, yeah, maybe maybe we don't have people's attention anymore. Maybe that is the case, but that's not going to stop. It shouldn't stop us from wanting to get to make change. So we'll see right. how that we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> but um, right. we'll go to a quick commercial break, and then we'll be back with our topic for tonight. Has your face felt dry and tight? Or does it hold oils like a sponge? If the answer is yes, what you need is a 
facial. That's right, and not just any facial, but a Facetox organic facial. Listen, the Facetox organic blend is free of parabens, it's vegan, and mixed with 100% organic rose water. And this water binds your face and works right away as it slowly begins to dry. You see, when the organic rose is mixed with the Facetox blend, it creates a negative charge and will prevent and even draw out your blackheads, reduce the appearance of scars, even skin tone, draw out external toxins, heal and rejuvenate skin tissue, and it will even unclog and shrink your pores. Face Tox is probably the most powerful face mask you will ever use because the benefits to your skin are endless. Listeners of our show can receive a 20% discount by simply using the discount code BEAUTY20. Face Tox organic face masks are perfect for all skin types. So what are you waiting for? Order yours right now at facetox.com. Your skin will thank you. All right. We are back, and I'm turning it over to Denise. All right. So basically, I just want to talk very briefly about brand ethics, brand ethics. And there's there are two instances I want to bring up. One is just a, a very quick uh, incident um, <clears throat> where a um, makeup artist purchased a product from a brand, and uh, at a at a at a you know at a show at a uh, makeup show, and two weeks after the show, the products had not shipped. And so they reached out to customer service. They sent emails, never got a response, okay? Never got a response from the brand. And these are, these are well-known brands and, you know, well-known, well-known trendy brands um, that, you, that you see at the shows. And they never got a response from customer service or anything. And I just want to put that out there, and then I'm going to go into my, my next um, – my next situation, but I just wanted to put that there so that you can kind of start thinking about uh, what I'm about to say. So then I love to go through uh, Facebook and just kind of look to see what's happening in the makeup industry and what makeup artists are doing. And, you know, every once in a while you'll have someone complaining about, um, about something. And so there's this one makeup artist, I'll call her Anna, and she mentioned something about a brand. I won't say the name of the brand, but again, another popular brand. If I if I you know mention the name, everybody's gonna know, okay. But as I start talking about what she experienced, most people may know anyway. Um, most people may remember this post. But this young lady, um, she went to Manhattan Wardrobe Supply to purchase um, a palette. Um, this is a last-minute thing for an editorial piece she was working on for a particular magazine. Um, this, and this was all of January last year. Um, and she paid $80 for the palette. So she used it for that particular shoot, and then she didn't pick it up again until, like, July. And then when she picked it up, she noticed that the product had shrunk considerably and was dry. And this is a cream product. The product shrunk and and was dry. So she said this was only the third project for which she had actually used the palette since she purchased it, and she always stored it properly uh, between uses. So she contacted the brand directly, um, and from what from what she understood, this was a product flaw. So she contacted the brand, 
She says the product's formula is much like a waterproof gel liner, and that packaging is not appropriate for um, a reasonable shelf life. So she says the very least 12 months. And so she was putting this information out there so other makeup artists could have this information. So if they had this product in their kit or if they were looking to get the product, that they would kind of um, understand a little bit about, you know, the product's makeup and, and and how it, you know, how it reacted every time you opened the packaging and things like that. So she contacted the brand. She was asked to send the images of the palette, which she did. Um, she said, but the problem wasn't solved. Um, so the, the, the brand owner suggested that she put the palette in a Ziploc bag and purchase another product of hers. <laughs> so this other product was a, a, a solution to, like, um, basically it was a solution that was going to reactivate the palette. So when she thought of the idea of spending more money uh, to fix the product's flaw, you know, she thought that was absurd. She didn't want to do that. Um, so she said the brand owner was quite aware of the palette drying out, the whole issue of the palette drying out. But she said the brand made no steps to remediate the flaw, and the product is still being sold. Um, she said it was a customer disservice. It wasn't necessarily service, but a customer disservice that she experienced from July of that year to um, sometime in August, a little over a month. She said she was ghosted and blamed for the issue. She said she reached no fair resolution. There was no replacement product given, no reimbursement, not even a sample of the product that was going to help to reactivate the product, nothing. She was given nothing, basically but a hard time from the owner. Um, and she said, as she, po- as she made this post, on so that particular day that she made this post, the brand owner started pinning the issue um, on the retailers themselves. On Manhattan Wardrobe Supply, she started blaming the retailer, saying that the retailer doesn't store her product properly, saying that the store was too bright and that it, the product wasn't stored properly, and that's why the products were drying out. So Anna found this whole reasoning absurd, and again, you know, she she pretty much protested um, and basically promised to never buy the product again because when she received the product, it was brand new and it was sealed. So there was no reason for the product to dry out as quick as it did. She says the lightproof vacuum storage is necessary to prevent the palette from disintegrating, according to the owner, much like uh, we should treat vitamin C skincare. Apparently, some retailers have pulled the palettes from their shelves because of this issue. She figures it's the brand's responsibility to advise retailers and customers about the short lifespan of the product and ways to store the product. Mm-hmm. And there was no advice on the packaging or on the website, nothing. So I'm going to stop right there for a second. I totally agree with that. If this is an issue and it's a known issue and you, the brand owner, know that it's a known issue, if there's nothing that you can do about it right now, right away, especially if you're a small brand, I get it financially. You can't, you know, there's a lot of things that you may not be able to do right away. But if you know it's an issue and you're going to continue to sell the product, at least make the, um, make the stores that they're selling the products in aware of the issue so that they can, you know, they can let the customers know 
put something on your website so that it's a so if, if somebody has an issue with it and they go to your website to contact you and they see that information and they understand, okay, I need to package it in a Ziploc bag and this is how I need to store it. Mm-hmm. But to give a customer a hard time, especially you're you're going to ask the customer to send photos, but you already know that it's a known issue. You already know that it's an issue, so why even bother asking them to send photos as if they're not telling the truth? You know it's a known Mm -hmm. issue. You should have just replaced it. Because one thing that I never understood is why do brands go through all of the trouble to give customers a hard time? Why are they so defensive about things that they already know? Mm-hmm. I would want to I would want to keep negative things about me and my products off of the internet, like off of social media. I wouldn't want that. I would just want to, if if a customer's complaining, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do my very best to make it right. Right. And and if and the thing about it is, the brand owner has another product that can activate this palette, that can activate the dry makeup in this palette. Why not send them that product? Because I'm sure that product wasn't $80. I'm sure it was much less. Why not send them out that, you know, just in good faith, send them out that product so they can activate their this $80 palette that they've only used three times. Why go through all of this? Mm-hmm. So true. Why go through all of this? Like, I just feel like brands should be – and, 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 and granted, even even in the other issue with the brand that hadn't sent out uh, the products, like for two weeks, they hadn't, you know, nothing ever shipped. They never got a, um, a shipping confirmation or anything. They never even got a response from the brand. You know, if you're a small brand, you have to find a way to stay on top of those types of things. You have to find right. a way to um, – you have to find a way to um, – you know, to be able to, like, handle situations where, like, especially when it comes to shipping, things like that, if it hasn't shipped, I mean, easily, you can easily respond to this person's email and saying, you know, due to the high volume of the orders that we received, you know, it's taken us a little bit longer to ship out, you know, to ship out orders, you know, we'll get to your order pretty soon, you know, check back with us by such and such date. Give people something to go on, but when people spend their hard-earned money and they can't get their products, as promised, you already know they're not buying from you again. Right. You already you should already know that. And that's not what you want, especially in the makeup industry. You know, if, if, if makeup artists love your product, they're going to continue to come back for more and for more and for more, especially when they're in an area where they can't get your product but online. Or at like a you know a particular like you know makeup show or IMAX or something like that, you have to be on top of your game. You have to be yeah. on top of your game. I, th- I think brands have to do a lot better. And I get it. There are a lot of small brands out there. They're very popular. They're you know they're they're selling tons of products. But if your customer service can't stand up to the value of the brand. You're not, it's it's not going to be a good thing for you, I don't think. Like I, I really feel like 
you know, customer service is the one thing that you have to you have to stay on top of. Like you can't allow emails to go unanswered because people just want their stuff. And that's mm-hmm. like a that's a horrible feeling when you pay for something. And especially when it's not cheap. You pay for something and then there's it's, you feel like there's no way for you to contact the brand, especially when all you can do is send them an email. You can't even call on a phone. That's another thing. When you can only when you can only contact the brand through email, Lord only knows if they'll ever see it. If or if they see it, you know who's who's to say that you know they're going to respond. Like in this first situation, they didn't respond. Like how so many true. times do you have to contact them through email? Like you can expect people to go to Facebook to say something about you know to say something about um, your brand. And it'll be the truth. It's not. It's not that it's going to be negative. It's only negative because you didn't do anything. You didn't do the right thing. It's negative on your part, not on their part for going to social media about it. Because sometimes that's the only way they'll get your attention, is if they call you Absolutely. out on social media. Absolutely. Yeah, it's so a, I think it's brands you. just have to do a lot better. I agree. Um, and, you know, and somebody made the point of, like, just send the activator. That's what other, some other brands with similar products do. They automatically get the activator with it. Um, and, you know, and if that's what you're suggesting, my thing is if that's what you're suggesting that the person do is get the activator, well, since this is an issue that you already know about, just send one out to her. To her let her try it, you know, to see if that will help. You know, I always, you know how people always say the customer is right. You know, mm-hmm. whether that's actually true or not, you want what you want to do is make sure that your customer has a pleasant experience. And so, if they've called and they're complaining about a situation, especially if you already know that this has happened so many times before, you know, make it right. Period, and that's the end of it. Either right. give them a refund, send them another product send them the activator, but do something. And you're right. When it comes to social media, that's how a lot of people will get, you have, you know, will have to do to go there to get your attention. Because if you're not, if you're not responding, they have to call you out. And it's so sad that it has to get to that point. It really is. Right. Um, It's sad that it has to get to that point. Um. I just you you're right. Brands have to do better. That's that's pretty much the only thing I can really say is they have to do better. You know, I understand if if it's a if it's a small brand, a lot of a lot of small brands that are out, you know, are are makeup artists own brands and the makeup artists, you know, find themselves doing a lot, you know, for the brand. I know, you know, you're not a big a big brand with with hundreds of, of employees, you know, like some of the the main, you know, big, uh, big brands that are out there. But regardless, you still have to to make it right for the for the customer. You just do, um, and you know, and if and if you don't know really what's happening with your product, then it's like, you know what, fall back, take the time to really investigate, and and you know, if it's something that you have to change your formula or change the packaging or whatever the situation is, then that's what you have to do if you would like to keep those those particular products out there on the shelves, you know? But right. You have to do the work. You can't, and if you know it's a known problem, you can't let that continue to sit out there. 
you know. Um, and that was right. one of the questions I was going to ask you is the, the young lady, Anna, did, because she, she sounded like she went straight to the brand. Did she um, yes. ever say anything to uh, Manhattan Wardrobe? Did she ever go back to them and say anything to them? You know, she didn't mention, she in her post, she didn't mention that she did. And, I mean, I guess she probably thought, why why would I why would I go to them? Because clearly it was an issue uh, with the brand. I mean, I mean, with the okay. product itself. So, I mean, I guess she's assuming like, I mean, I, for me personally, as a customer, I'd be like, well, what does the store have to do with this? I mean, as right. you see, the owner tried to blame, tried to point the finger at the store, but you know, like, what does the store have to do with this? You know, because the thing is, the, the owner says the store is not storing her product properly, and it's too bright in the store. Okay, well, have you ever visited the store before you, you ask them to carry your product? Because if not, that's a problem as a business owner. You should know, what mm-hmm. you, you know, all of the places where your products are. You should have visited those places before these stores started carrying your product. You should know. If you know, we should because again, it's a known issue that these things can dry out. So, you you should know. So if you're saying that mm-hmm. it was you know it's too bright in there, then obviously you've been there before. So if that's the case, why didn't you deal with um, the store then at that time? If it's too bright for your product, then tell them it's too bright for my product. Then maybe I you know maybe we need to put it over here, or maybe we need you know have it in an area that it's not so bright. You know, it's a little bit darker. Or maybe you don't uh, allow the store to carry your product. Don't blame the store. That's on you. If this is the case, if if it's too bright in there for your product, if they're not storing it properly, correct that so that you don't have issues with your customers. Right. But those are just just ridiculous excuses to me. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility. You know, your, your customer shouldn't be treated that way. And, and even you know, even the stores carrying your product, you shouldn't you shouldn't point the fingers at them. I mean, to me, that makes you look like a crazy person. Well, you know, and I will say this: even like I said, I don't know, you know, what everything looks like in the store. I haven't, um, I don't know the product or anything like that. But even if it was the store's fault, I don't feel like that is something that should be communicated to Anna. You know, I just feel like it's a situation like, okay, this is a known problem. We're going to take care of it. You deal with Anna by either giving her a refund, sending her more product or whatever you need to do, and let that be that, and then you deal with the store. Well, this is the crazy part. That wasn't communicated to Anna from the, from the brand that was posted on social media by the brand. So, I mean, it, it just gets mm-hmm. crazier. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Like it's just, that's just, it's just ridiculous. I guess she just happened to see it. Gotcha. So it's, it's almost mm-hmm. like you don't, you don't want people to, to buy your stuff because I mean, to, first of all, to be a brand owner and to act like that, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I know everyone, yeah. you know, feels a certain, certain way about their products. I get it. You're going to be defensive. I get it. But if, if, if it's a fact that the thing is drying out, then it's drying out. Just do the right thing. Do the right thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, we have to, you know, we have to, we have to do better. Um, yeah, we have to, we have to do, as brand owners, we should do better. We should, um, I, yes. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like, I, mean, I know our time is running out, but I just want to just say quickly, like, I feel like, we should not air out our issues and problems on social media as being the brand. I understand that right. if, if the customer has to get your attention by calling you out on social media, I understand that. But, you know, after you've dealt with several customers over the same issue, I don't I just really don't think that you should be on social media um, talking about the store that carried the product or anything like that. That's not going to that's not going to make the customer feel better, especially if you didn't do anything about it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you point the finger at. I feel like that's something as a brand owner should be done behind closed doors. The the public shouldn't see all of that. What the public should see is on social media you post, we have this problem with our product. We're working on it. We're dealing with it. Whatever. And then when the person calls about that problem, you just handle it the right way and be done. And then that way, if you're working on the problem and if you've addressed it, no one can say anything negative about you because you're addressing it. You know, and you're you're trying to you're trying to make everything right. If you don't take the time to try to make everything right, then this is the kind of stuff that you're going to get. Absolutely. So, absolutely. That is that. Uh, interesting stuff. <laughs> interesting stuff. Yeah. All right, Crazy. everybody. That's our show for tonight. Um, again, join us next week when we'll have actress Jasmine Lewis on with us, kicking off our Definition of Beauty campaign. And um, we'll be back at 9 p.m. Like always, you can find us on social media. Tell them where. You can find us on Facebook. We're Beauty Talk Online Radio. And on Twitter, we're Beauty underscore Talk. And on Instagram, we're Beauty underscore Talk underscore Media. And then you can follow Janice and I both on our Facebooks, our Twitters, and our Instagrams by our names. That's Janice, J-A-N-I-C-E, and Denise, D-E-N-I-S-E, Tunnell, T-U-N-N-E-L-L. So at Janice Tunnell, at Denise Tunnell. All right. That's our time, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.